This is Barry Zalma, Zalma on Insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance claims expert witness, an author, and producer of these videos. Today, I'd like to speak about something that does not belong in the world of insurance or the world of litigation, and that is manufactured litigation. Some courts have come to recognize setup or manufactured bad faith situations where claimants make settlement demands with unrealistic time limitations or otherwise force the insurance company to make a settlement decision without full access to information bearing on liability and damages. Where the court recognizes these factors, the insurance company may not be liable for failure to accept the settlement because the excess judgment or settlement was not due to the insurance company's unreasonable conduct but was driven by the motives of the plaintiff. Consider the case Wade versus M. Costco Insurance Company, a 2007 decision of the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeal. Plaintiff's delay in providing promised medical records and manipulation of settlement deadlines was for the purpose of setting up a bad faith claim as found in Glenn v. Fleming, a 1990 case from Kansas, and Meal v. State Farm, a 1995 case from Arizona. The emergence of the bad faith setup has not gone unnoticed by the courts. One of the lead opinions articulating concerns with the conduct of claimants' counsel in the context of a setup case is Wade v. Incaso. After reviewing some of the central historical decisions, the Tenth Circuit summarized its concern over what is referred to as manufactured litigation as follows, quote, In light of these decisions, we agree with the district's court's observation that courts should exercise caution when the gravamen of the complaint is not that the insurer has refused a settlement offer, but that it is delayed in accepting one. This caution arises from the desire to avoid creating the incentive to manufacture bad faith claims by shortening the length of the settlement offer while starving the insurer of the information needed to make a fair appraisal of the case. The doctrinal impetus for insurance bad faith claims derives from the idea that the insured must be treated fairly and his legitimate interest protected. Close quote. Courts should exercise caution when the gravamen of the complaint is not that the insurer has refused a settlement offer but that it is delayed in accepting one. The caution arises from the desire to avoid creating 
the incentive to manufacture bad faith claims by shortening the length of the settlement offer while starving the insurer of information needed. The doctrinal impetus for insurance bad faith claims derives from the idea that the insured must be treated fairly and his legitimate interest protected. The justification for bad faith jurisprudence is as a shield for insureds. The tort of bad faith should not, although it often is, be used as a sword for claimants. Courts should not permit bad faith in the insurance milieu to become a game of cat and mouse between claimants and insurer, letting claimants induce damages that they then seek to recover while relegating the insured to the sidelines as if only a mildly curious spectator. Permitting an injured plaintiff's chosen timetable for settlement to govern the bad faith inquiry would promote the customary manufacturing of bad faith claims, especially in cases where an insured of meager means is covered by a policy of insurance which could finance only a fraction of the damages in a serious personal injury case. Insurers would be bombarded with settlement offers to prematurely settle their insured's claims at the earliest possible opportunity in contravention of their contractual right and obligation of thorough investigation. The cause of action for failure to settle is meant to protect the interests of the insured by requiring the insurer to conduct the litigation, including settlement negotiations, as if the insurance contract had no policy limits. It is not meant to create an artificial incentive for third-party claimants to reject otherwise reasonable settlement offers that are within the policy limits. A court should never turn the cause of action on its head by holding an insurance company liable where it eventually offered to settle the claim for the policy limits, only to find that the claimant plaintiff rejected the offer precisely, precisely in order to manufacture a lawsuit against the insurer for bad faith refusal to settle. For example, in De Lound v. Liberty Mutual, a 1975 case of a Florida District Court of Appeal, the plaintiffs made an offer to settle their claim stemming from an automobile accident for the $10,000 policy limit, attaching a 10-day deadline for the defense to accept the offer. Defense counsel believing the settlement for policy limits was possible, but not yet authorized to approve the settlement, contacted the plaintiff's counsel on the last day of the deadline and asked for an extension of the offer until the following Monday after the Friday deadline. The plaintiffs refused and initiated a common law bad faith action for excess judgment in affirming the judgment in the insurer's favor on the bad faith claim, the 4th District recognized that plaintiffs' attempt to set up 
a bad faith claim and stated, quote, the evidence fails to prove any negligence, much less negligence rising to the level of bad faith. The accident happened December 27, 1971. In less than a month, suit was filed. Defense counsel received the file to defend 11 days later. Eight days after the plaintiff's counsel offered to settle for the policy limits, but limited the time for acceptance to 10 days. It is the latter aspect of the offer which we find totally unreasonable under the circumstances. In view of the short space of time between the accident and the institution of suit, the provision of the offer to settle limiting acceptance to 10 days made it virtually impossible to make an intelligent acceptance or refusal. Nor does the enclosure of an affidavit from a doctor stating that the injured plaintiff would be totally disabled warrant a different conclusion. Since when does one party to a lawsuit have to accept at face value the medical information furnished by the other party without even an inquiry? The evidence here shows that Apelli, its adjusters, and its counsel proceeded with all due haste to determine and evaluate their position, and they almost made plaintiffs unreasonable deadline. It should be noted that the personal injury case went to trial 10 months after the deadline. So the time limitation was not invoked because the trial was imminent. Finally, to demonstrate that this whole charade might have been a setup for just such a suit as we are considering, as argued by the appellee, when Monday came after the Friday deadline and the Home Office authorized settlement, plaintiff's counsel refused it. When there is no good faith reason why a settlement must be accomplished by a unilaterally set deadline rather than mere days later, there should be, as the Delown Court recognized, no claim for bad faith based on the insurer's acceptance shortly after the specified deadline. Instead, the insurer's effort to settle should bar such a claim. The Massachusetts Court of Appeals affirmed an award of over $1 million on a policy with limits of twenty dollars to $40,000 in Gore v. Arbella Mutual, a 2010 case, holding that the trial court was entitled to award multiple damages on a $450,000 consent judgment entered against the insured under the Massachusetts Claims Handling Statute. The appeals court remanded the case for the trial court to decide whether to award double or treble damages on the consent judgment. The trial court doubled the consent judgment based on its conclusion that Arbella's conduct was willfully reckless, but probably not malicious. The Gore dispute arose out of an accident that occurred when Anthony Caban, 
struck a car driven by Angelina Dattilo. Arbella insured K-Ban under a policy with liability limits of twenty to $40,000. Shortly after the accident, Dattilo's attorney sent Arbella a letter detailing K-Ban's liability and Dattilo's injuries, enclosing medical records totaling over $25,000 and demanding that Arbella tender the $20,000 per person policy limits within 30 days. The demand letter offered to fully release K-Ban and Arbella in exchange for the $20,000 limit. Rejecting Arbella's contention that the plaintiff's demand letter constituted an attempt to manufacture a bad faith insurance claim, the appeals court held that the plaintiff's alleged tactics, even if established, would not as a matter of law relieve Arbella of its duty to respond to a demand when liability was clear and damages exceeded the policy limits. The court reaffirmed that a claimant's conduct is not relevant to the insurer's duty to attempt to effectuate a settlement when liability and damages are reasonably clear. An insured claimant who retracts or rejects a settlement offer based on arbitrary deadlines or mere technicalities may have objectives other than settlement on his or her mind and may not be acting in good faith to try to reach a settlement. The insured's effort to create a bad faith claim may thwart the settlement of claims that otherwise could have been settled. When that occurs, the insured is forced into an adversarial relationship with the insurer. There also may be additional litigation that could have been avoided. Bad faith claims have been manufactured. As noted as in Burgess v. Infinity Insurance Company, a 2004 decision of the Florida Supreme Court, where the court noted that it should recognize that it has the responsibility to reserve bad faith damages, which is limitless, court-created insurance to egregious circumstances of delay and bad faith acts. The court likewise has a responsibility to not allow contrived bad faith claims that are the product of sophisticated legal strategies and not the product of actual bad faith. In Kemp v. Hudgens, a 2015 case from the district court in Kansas, the district court concluded that the uncontroverted evidence established that Kemp rejected each policy limit settlement proposal after the lawsuit was filed because he did not believe the policy limits sufficiently covered his claim. The fee agreement with plaintiff's counsel provided that Copeland would only be paid if he recovered more than the policy limits on behalf of Kemp, and Kemp's multi-million dollar stipulated judgment offer made clear that Kemp was not interested in settling the claim for the policy limit. Kemp never offered a policy limit settlement after January of 2010, 
and Dairyland repeatedly offered to settle for its policy limit. Kemp's settlement proposals established that even if Dairyland accepted his offers, an excess judgment would have been entered in this case, and Kemp would have pursued a bad faith case against Dairyland to recover that amount. Bad faith cases that are manufactured to avoid a settlement expand the concept of bad faith beyond what the case law and statutes require for good faith. Ultimately, bad faith claims have become so common that the stringent standard actually needed to prove the tort of bad faith appears to have been ignored and bad faith claims allowed based on mere technical failures in reaching a settlement. Mistakes, negligence, and miscues do not meet the standard required for a bad faith claim. Rather, the insurer must have wrongfully refused to settle the claim when it should have done so if it had been acting fairly and honestly towards its insured. Submitting settlement payment a few days after an arbitrary deadline and disagreeing over the specific release language contained in the settlement proposal may be negligent, but that does not satisfy the high standard of deliberately wrongful conduct that should be required to support a bad faith. As a result of the absence of any clearly defined statutory guidelines for determining bad faith, the tactics used to set up bad faith claims are actually distorting the meaning of the bad faith statutes and case law and are slowly whittling away at its purpose altogether. This video was adapted from my book, The Law of Unintended Consequences and the Tort of Bad Faith, which is available as both a paperback and a Kindle book from Amazon.com, with details available at my website, Zalma.com, by clicking on the link to the Insurance Claims Library. If you found this video to be useful or interesting, please pass it on to your colleagues. It's free. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel, to my Rumble channel, or to my blog posts so that you can be advised of future videos and blog posts. Thank you again for your attention.